T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KCBS Radio, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Wednesday, March 9th. It's the day after the State of the State Address by Governor Gavin Newsom. Markedly different from last year for a number of reasons. Uh, it was not held in this very manufactured theater of uh, Dodger Stadium, let's put it that way. Also pretty short by Governor Gavin Newsom's standards. But before we get to that, Doug, I want to ask you, and Doug Sovereign is with me here on Bay Current today to break down what the governor had to say. But I do want to ask you for your expert insight on some breaking news that we are just getting across the news desk. And that is that according to a new study, a Bay Area city has been ranked as one of the smartest in the United States at playing Wordle. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was Berkeley. That's right. It was Berkeley, California, ranked fourth on a national scale. Doug, your instant analysis. I'd like to know how they know that. Is that based on, you know, if you're playing on your phone or where, your IP address? I mean, I can't remember. When you sign up for Wordle, do you register as to where you live? I, I want, I'd want i like to know their methodology on compiling this data, but I'd like to think that I, in a small way, since my address is Berkeley, though I actually live in Oakland, that I am somehow technically, uh, in a small way, contributing to that high score. I mean, I think that that's a fair assessment. They conducted the study by pulling almost 200,000 tweets with the hashtag Wordle using Twitter ah, API. So I'll be honest, I don't still don't know what in the heck Wordle is. I've never played it. <laughs> and when I see those people who put their Wordle tags and their scores in their tweets, mm -hmm. that I've unfollowed a few people because it just clogs up the Twitter feed. Well, I have to say, I didn't know what it was either. And uh, people kept talking about it. And after a couple of weeks, I said, what is this thing? <laughs> so I did it. And, you know, it's a five-letter word. You've got to guess. You got six tries. And I got it on the second try. So I tweeted it, and no one seemed to care. And I said, I thought that's what you're <laughs> supposed to do. It says here to share. I thought the whole point was do it and then tweet it. That seemed to be the game. Right. Uh, and I said, all right, so much for that. I, you know, I said, I can't do any better than that. I won't ever play it again. Uh, but my friends keep bugging me. And I've played it, I don't know, maybe five times, six times at the most. And I almost always get it on the second try. So I've tweeted a couple times saying, I don't know what to say. I mean, I have a psychic connection with the Wordle guy. I, I don't know. <laughs> I find it too easy. So I, I don't bother doing it anymore. But those probably count in that assessment since uh, I probably come up as Berkeley. I don't know. But but, but yeah, I, I kind of just don't even notice those. When people tweet their four out of six Wordle boxes, I mean, I just yeah. gloss right over it and move on. No idea what's going but on. But don't unfollow me because of it, Matt. Uh, yeah, trust. That will. That will not happen. Congratulations, Berkeley. By I need the way. all the followers I can get. <laughs> so, uh, Doug Sovereign is our politics reporter here at KCBS Radio and was following, of course, the state of the state address last night. 
And I think the biggest uh, thing to come out of it is the first thing I'll ask you about, and that is this tax rebate for Californians when it comes to our now sky-high gas prices. What was your takeaway from that? And I think the, the biggest question people have today is, what would a gas rebate look like? How would it be implemented? Well, first of all, no one's listening because we just spent the first three minutes talking about Wordle. But Evidently, no, I, think, I, I, think, I, think people, I think people are texting their friends right now being like, guys, they're talking okay, about good. Wordle. Download the podcast. I think the first question people probably have is, how much am I going to get? Right. Uh, and the next question is, when do I get it? Um, yeah, so this is interesting. So the governor had earlier, uh, you know, when he laid out his budget back in January, um, had talked about um, suspending the scheduled increase in California's very high gas tax. You know, it's like 51 cents a gallon or something like that um, this July uh, and got a lukewarm response from the state legislature, which didn't want to do that. Uh, and then there was a movement over the last couple of weeks by some Republicans to have a moratorium on the gas tax altogether as a way of, of, of countering the, the surge in gas prices. Just don't charge the gas tax for a period of time, and that's going nowhere among the Democrats. So the governor decided pretty late. I mean, I saw an earlier draft of his speech yesterday, and it said nothing about this. Then another draft said he would uh, propose a gas tax rebate in May. And then at the last minute, he changed that wording not to say gas tax rebate, but just to say he's going to put money back in the... He talked about gas prices and then said... We're going to put money back in the pockets of Californians to who are dealing with this high price of gas. So it, it's not a gas tax rebate. He didn't even say it was a tax rebate in the speech. Um, behind the scenes, his office told us, yeah, we're talking about a tax rebate, but not necessarily technically a gas tax rebate. And that's because he got immediate pushback from the state assembly speaker and the state senate president pro tem who said, no, we're not going to we, we don't want to do a gas tax rebate. That only helps people who buy gas. And it takes money away from transportation funding and highway funding and things that the gas tax pays for. So let's instead, since we have a big budget surplus of billions of dollars, let's just do a tax rebate from the general fund. And we can target where that money comes from. It doesn't take money out of the bigger pot that's coming in from the gas tax. So that's why he changed the wording. And he now has to negotiate with them. How much will this be? Um, when would it come? What form would it take? How would people get it? Uh, would it just be a check you'd get in the mail? Would it be a credit on your state tax refund? Uh, he's going to propose it in his May budget revision, but there's also talk that maybe they can get it done sooner than that. But that's all subject to negotiation, and that's why he sort of backed off the wording, calling it a gas tax rebate, even though I see it being reported still that way by many people. And uh, much of, of leadership in Sacramento was quick to rally behind it last night. So we'll see how that plays out. And if it's May that we start to learn some more details, I mean, that will be here, you know, around the corner. But that's in two months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if that means that suspending or the, the tax holiday for our state's gas taxes, is that now, you think, just completely off the table? I think it is. Yeah. I, I think the idea of, of a moratorium, you know, suspension of the actual gas tax, I don't think that's going anywhere. Uh, the possibility of not implementing the next increase in July, I suppose, remains on the table, although there doesn't seem to be a lot of support for that among the Democratic leadership in the legislature either. So I think right now they're looking at, I'll tell you, the governor um, behind the scenes, his people told me we're talking billions of dollars. So that is, um, you know, I don't know how many taxpayers there are in California, maybe 20 million, something like that. Uh, billions of dollars would be a significant 
uh, rebate. Uh, they have it because there is the, the budget surplus, although a lot of it is accounted for. Some is supposed to go into the reserve, the rainy day fund. Um, but billions of dollars means, you know, at least $2 billion. Um, so we'll just have to see. I mean, that could be, um, I don't know, 100 bucks a person, something like that. I mean, no numbers have been floated. The only other detail we got uh, beyond that was that they wanted to include undocumented Californians. Yeah. Everybody, everybody would be eligible for this. Next thing I want to ask you about, Doug, is what the governor had to say about addressing chronic mental illness. This is an obvious crisis level issue for the state of California and here in the Bay Area. You know, you have to look no further than than San Francisco and the challenges and all the different levers and pulleys that Mayor London Breed has has been trying to um, have at her disposal to use to address what's going on in places like the Tenderloin. And what is the impact? Negligible so far. So what is the governor looking at doing statewide that would help us here in the Bay Area? Well, he has this new proposal that he laid out in advance of the state of the state the week before um, to create these care courts, as he's calling it. And essentially what it would be would be a way to make it easier for counties to become the conservator for people with you know, severe mental illness, many of whom are on the street, of course, but they wouldn't have to be on the street to fall into this plan. Uh, but this is going to be a tough sell. Um, you know, it would basically... This, is, this has been something that's been going on in California for decades, this tension between how do we help people and how much do we want to force them against their will to get help if they don't want it. And the way it is now, you've got the 5150 and the 5250, which is you can be held against your will for three days, you know, a forced psychiatric hold, that's a 5150, or for two weeks, which is the 5250. But you have to meet some a, a pretty high bar. I mean, you have to, you have to be either hurt somebody or yourself, or say you're going to hurt somebody or yourself, and there aren't that many people who fall into that category. So it's very hard to, to, and even if they do, once they do, they're just released and go back out on the street. So the idea is to create a way to be able to hold them longer. And he wants to set up a system in the courts where you'd go before a judge, you'd be evaluated, you'd have a public defender defending you, and they would determine if you needed care, and then they'd create a care plan. And he's promising billions of dollars for more treatment slots and beds and housing, uh, you know, as we all know, it's one thing to say, here's $2 billion, $4 billion. It's another to spend it, build it, institute it, hire the people. So I don't know how long it's going to take to do. And there's a lot of resistance from, from liberal Democrats, from mental health advocates, from people in that field who really are reluctant to force people into treatment against their will. So we'll see if this idea gets anywhere. Uh, if it's watered down as they negotiate and possibly implement it. But he is determined to get this done this year. Now, is this just, you know, campaign year, election year rhetoric to say he's I try I'm trying to do something. We'll just have to see. Mm -hmm. That's a nice segue into the next question, and that is the kind of overarching themes that spoke to issues on a more national scale than a local scale. Uh, certainly the Ukraine-Russia crisis is top of mind for everyone, and you expected that he would address that at some level. There's a very large uh, Ukrainian-American contingent here in the Bay Area and the state of California, um, but also addressing new legislation in places like Florida and Texas, uh, talking about the threat to democracy perceived by many uh, from the GOP after the 2020 presidential election and the big lie. All of these overarching national themes that 
really seem targeted at an audience outside of our state's borders. Yeah, I mean, there are the, well, Gavin Newsom likes to play on the national stage and the global stage. He, he likes to think big and position himself as a leader of not just the fifth largest economy, the nation state, he likes to call it California. But, you know, on, on national issues, yeah, he brought up Florida and Texas. They often poke at each other, the governors of those states in California. Um, I have colleagues who say, hey, this was, was this sort of the preview of the kickoff of his campaign for the presidency? Now, Gavin Newsom has been steadfast for years that he has absolutely no interest in ever running for president. I mean, I have him on tape saying it. We've used it, I think, on this podcast before. I can't remember if we have or not, but uh, he, he has told me over and over again, no, 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 I'm never going to run for president. But going back to when he was mayor, people talked about him as potential presidential timber. And I don't think he minds the speculation and, and the imaging of himself as a national leader, even if he never actually you know, takes the plunge and runs. Um, but it can't hurt to position himself. Here we are at the start of 2022 uh, in case Joe Biden decides not to run for reelection in 24, although the president insists he will. Uh, in case if Biden decides not to run, if Kamala Harris is not seen as especially viable, to have himself out there as, you know, he's going to win easily, we think, re-election in 2022, um, to have himself out there being seen as a potential uh, guy who could step in and, hey, what about Gavin Newsom? Could we run him nationally? Is he is he a legitimate uh, contender if, if Biden or Kamala Harris falters, in which case it'll be a pretty wide open field? I still don't see him making that move. I really don't. Uh, perhaps later on, like 28. Um, I don't see it for 24. But I know people are looking at him that way. Uh, it would not be the first time he's changed his mind about something. He notoriously said he would never run for lieutenant governor and then served in that job for two terms. So um, we'll just have to see. But in the meantime, it can't hurt him to burnish his national image and play on that stage. So beyond what he's told you, you know, on tape, on the record about n never running for president, any other reason why you don't think that he would run for president at some point down the road? Well, certainly in 24, he's not going to go against his old friend and fellow Californian Kamala Harris if she's the nominee or the leading contender. He's certainly not going to challenge President Biden. So unless one of them is not running, he's he's out for 24. Down the road, look, when he's done being governor in, in 2026, uh, he's still going to be a young man, um, still in his 50s at that point. Uh, we've got a president who's almost 80. Yeah. What's he going to do? Is, is he going to run for senator? I mean, he could he could be a senator. I think he prefers being an executive to a legislator, although he was on the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco. Um, could he be a cabinet secretary? I could definitely see that. Um, he could do any number of things, but certainly running for president someday or a vice president would be appealing at that point, especially as he gets older and there's nothing else for him to do if he wants to remain active. Um so I could see why he might do it, but but think about it. And a lot of the things that that um, in the olden days might have disqualified you or uh, or at least been real hardships are are no longer there. I mean, Donald Trump got elected president. This is a man who's been married three times. So the fact that Gavin Newsom was um, divorced and had you know a notorious affair um, maybe doesn't hurt him that much anymore, or as much as it might have years ago. Um, but at the moment. Being the governor of a state with the worst poverty in the country, the worst homelessness in the country, the highest gas prices in the country, all the attendant issues and problems California has. Yes, it's the golden state. It's this 
booming economy. There are many things going for it, but there's a lot of negatives you can hang on Gavin Newsom. And um, it, would, it would be so easy to run against him and say, you know, do you want Gavin Newsom to do to America what he's done to California? I just think he brings a lot of baggage, both politically and personally, that would, that would make it a very, very tough uh, race for him. Great insight, as always, Doug. Doug Sovereign is our politics reporter for KCBS Radio. He is on Twitter, at Sovereign Nation, S-O-V-E-R-N Nation. And, uh, Doug, we appreciate it, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for spelling that out. I appreciate it. (laughs) No problem. And you can follow Bay Current on Twitter as well, at Bay Current. And we have new episodes out every day. We'd love to be part of your daily routine. You can subscribe to the Bay Current Podcast on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere you listen. And we're on YouTube on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.